welcome to the Live Well for Longer podcast, the podcast for people who want to learn the art and science of healthy aging and longevity. Join me, Sarah Little, a wellbeing science specialist and positive psychology practitioner, as I share the psychology and behaviors associated with longevity and quality of life. Let's begin. My favorite quote at the moment is, don't look back, you're not going that way. The truth is, failing happens to everyone, and we all fail from time to time, some of us more than others. This week, I felt called to share an episode on resilience and the importance of resilience and living a happy and healthy life. Hello, I am your host, Sarah Little, and that background noise you can hear, that is Luna snoring away. In today's episode, we are going to reframe how you view failure, and we're going to also talk about resilience, because one of the things that I know for sure through my research, through my observations, through life experience, is that your ability to bounce back affects your health and your happiness. And your ability to bounce back is seriously, it is in your mind more often than not. I'm not talking about trauma here. That is a different story. I am just talking about the small things that we face. Well, smallish, they feel big, that we face on a weekly, monthly, and yearly basis, such as being rejected for jobs, finding out that we got fired, not getting our book published, whatever they may be. Okay, so let's discuss failure. I used to love failure. It's one of those things I used to just enjoy because I knew that if I was failing, I was trying. Now, there's this um, story I know of this person who her dad used to ask her every day after school, what did you fail at today? What did you fail at today? And I think this is such a great question. And it's one of those things that we don't instill in our children. And we haven't been instilled with this growth mindset ourselves. Because we have learned that to succeed, you must be perfect. You must not fail. But nothing could be further from the truth. So we will discuss that in today's episode. And yes, this is really about the growth mindset. I feel like I'm a little bit all over the shop in today's episode. But honestly, honestly, I'm super passionate about this topic right now. So the growth mindset was a term coined by Carol Dweck. It's growth versus fixed. Now, if you're not familiar with this, um, Carol Dweck termed these phrases and growth is all about using failure as fuel, like it's an opportunity to learn, to grow, to adapt, to evolve. And a growth mindset is all about what can I learn? How can I improve? How can I do better? It's not seeing yourself as a failure. It's not taking things on board and letting them affect you and stopping. It's a continuous 
way of improving, of seeing things as a way to grow, as failure as fuel. Whereas the fixed mindset is all about if something bad happens, it must be my fault. I can't change. I'm not I'm not able to personally change. I can't move on from this. Um, this is something in uh, I'm born with. It can't be changed whatsoever. But we know that this is just not the truth. Your personality is not fixed. Your accomplishment levels are not fixed. You can accomplish great things. You can accomplish the impossible. And this is actually something that I share in my volunteering talk that I do. I talk about the fact that just because we've been told something doesn't about ourselves doesn't mean it's a fact. So an example of this growth versus fixed mindset. So when I was 14, I was told by my English teacher to not sit my English exams for that year because I would fail, as she put it. Now, that's not really the nicest thing to say, but obviously that's what she said. And I did, I actually got an exemption and I dropped out underage from school and I went on to do a hairdressing course. And the interesting thing was for many, many years, I actually believed that my innate ability was fixed, that I was destined to fail at English. But when I hit around the age of 18, when I turned 18, I decided that actually I wanted to learn how to write. And I decided that actually my ability was not fixed. It was not determined and preset in stone. I would have to try a little bit harder because I hadn't learned the rules of English from school. But I could do that. I could become someone who knew how to write and write well. And of course, many, many years later, I have been a great success in my writing and I often get commented on my ability to write and write so well so the point here is that I initially believed what she said and I believed my innate talents were like fixed and I was fixed and that my English would not change but then when I turned 18 I obviously adopted the growth mindset so the thing with the growth versus fixed mindset is we all have it and it doesn't mean that as well. It doesn't mean that we have like a growth mindset in everything or a fixed mindset in everything. You may have a growth mindset, let's say, with your parenting style. And then you might have a fixed mindset, let's say, with your musical ability. So it's actually not like uh, fixed in like your whole life. It can actually be changed and shifted uh, depending on the area of life you're in and you're working with. So this is an important distinction because a growth mindset is related to resilience, the, your ability to bounce back when things get tough. So failure really is about the way you view it. The way you view it really does impact how you're going to respond to it. We always our actions always come after our thoughts. Our thoughts precede our actions. So if you view failure as something that is terrible, is, is bad, and you don't want to, to have in your life, whatever you might feel toward it, whether it's like bad, then you're not going to try in that area. But if you see failure as an opportunity for growth and learning, you will try. 
And I think this is important because oftentimes we give up on things that we enjoy because they are a little bit difficult. We give up on our pathways that we want to take because we're struggling to handle the failure. And I get it. I have been there myself. I know that failing failing sucks. (laughs) But we can't let that stop us. We can't let the no's stop us from getting the yeses. And I have this rule. It's this 110-1 rule. And I've always lived by this rule. So you do something. So let's say you're applying for a job and you apply to 100 people, 100 organizations. You might get 10 callbacks that 10 people want to interview you and one hire. So one person wants to hire you. Let's say you're trying to write a book. You might write 100 words and then 10 of them ended, end up being good words and one might go in the book. I guess that's not a great example, but um, honestly, um, it's 110-1. So it's more like with interviews, with dating, with other things. But we we have to learn that it's actually okay to go, yeah, I'm going to try this thing a hundred times. I'm going to put in a hundred percent effort and I might get back 10% and I might see 10% rewards or 1%. And we have to be okay with that. And I think in our society, we're not, we're taught that what we put in, we should get back. And it's just simply not the case. And we have to be okay with it. So why do we make mistakes in life? Why do we get failures why do we fail why do we get rejected sorry well I definitely think that's because one it's a part of life but two it's because that there's something more for us to learn so we make mistakes because we need to learn something so if you have a fixed mindset you're going to give up if you have a growth mindset you're going to see the learning opportunity Now, the second reason why I believe we make mistakes is that quantity is what creates quality. So you writing that book, if that's the first book you've ever written, actually, it would have been a better example to say you write um, 100 books, 10, 10 publishers are interested in one of the books and one gets published. Um, So the thing is, the more words you write, the more quality, the better the quality is of your words, right? And I deeply believe this. So there was this art class, this pottery class, and the teacher decided to des- design her own, um, well, science experiment, basically. And so she assigned two projects, two assessments. So she assigned some people in the classroom the assessment that they had to produce the most perfect piece of pottery just one piece by the end of the semester. The other group were assigned a quantity-based assignment where they had to produce as many pieces of pottery as they possibly could. So one was just producing one piece and then the second was producing as many as they could. So as we can imagine, the people that did better were in the group producing the quantity, not the quality. So a second reason why we make mistakes is to improve our quality by improving, from improving our quantity. 
Now, this is one of those things, it's painful, obviously, to do things for a long time. And I think this is why we really need to love the process and we need to love what we are doing. I think we are most resilient when we are involved in something where we have a deep-seated why. So a why is a reason for why we're doing it. It's a reason that is goes above and beyond like the mundane. So a reason might be, your why might be for going to work to have money to give your children the best educational upbringing they can have. And so that is your why, giving your children the best educational upbringing. So looking to your why, especially when you fail or when times are tough, is one of the things that will help you to get out of that rut. Now, there are some other things you can do that will help to increase resilience. One of the things I noted about the blue zones is that whilst they had high ACE scores, so they had high adverse childhood experiences of trauma in the early upbringing, which normally would correlate to um, illnesses and disease later in life, but it didn't. For them, I think what they had going for them was this level of resilience. And the fact is they had they have high social connections. So they have a lot of friends. They have, you know, four or five really close friends that they can confide in. And I do think that another strategy of resilience um, is social connections. You know, I think this is one of the things that it's actually in everything is having incredible social relationships. So have it have social connections build up those friendships mm-hmm. i have definitely discussed this before now the next item that will help you to build resiliency is ensuring that you have lots of self-care i know it's a little bit cliche this whole self-care thing but even having one activity that you can go to and just enjoy and indulge in especially when things are really difficult in your life will help you to de-stress and will help you to bounce back and bounce back quicker And so that brings me to the end of this episode. So we have spoken about quite a few things. We talked about growth mindset. We talked about ways to build resilience. And so my question for you is, how are you going to take this content? How are you going to take this information that I've shared today? And what are you going to do about it? Because honestly, it's one thing to listen and read things, which we all do, which I do, but it's another to actually imbue it into our life. So what are you going to do today to build up resilience in your own life? And if you are, if you feel called, you know, practice the growth mindset, build up friendships, have, you know, engage in a self-care activity that brings you great joy. Or if you don't know one, start exploring. So failure is really fuel. It's not the end of the world. It plays a really important role in our life. It plays an important role in our the quality of life and also in us succeeding in whatever we do. And we've all known people that have given up on life and they just, they don't try. They are miserable. They're not happy. And for me, I don't want to be that person. I think resilience and really caring about life is really important. Caring about the way we live it, going after the things that we love and that we aspire to achieve. If you 
weren't meant to do the thing that you are feeling called to do, then you wouldn't have been showing it. You wouldn't have the idea, the influence wouldn't have came to you, but it did. And it came to you for a reason. So if you feel a little bit torn, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know which direction to go. I keep getting rejected. Just stay with it. Remember your why and remember that even the word impossible says impossible. And you, my friend, can do really hard things. So thank you for watching. If you haven't yet, please, sorry, thank you for listening. If you haven't let, please leave a review on Spotify or come on over to Substack and we can keep the conversation going in the DMs over there. I will see you on the next episode of the podcast. As we conclude this Live Well for Longer podcast episode, we sincerely appreciate your presence on this journey. Your support fuels our mission. So remember to subscribe and leave your thoughts. And if you'd like to download a positive aging manifesto with seven traits to age healthy and happy, then visit positiveaginginstitute.com slash manifesto. Until next time, live a connected and committed life.